Hello, sweet ones, and welcome. In today's podcast episode, we are exploring the second chakra, Svadhisthana chakra. This energy center plays on the themes of creativity, flow, pleasure, sexuality, letting go, passion, polarity, and relationship. The element associated with this chakra is water and the celestial moon or celestial body is the moon. Um, the gland that this chakra governs is the gonads. So the ovaries or testicles and the other body parts are the circulatory system, womb, genitals, kidneys, bladder. Um, the bija sound for this chakra. Uh, so the harmonizing sound is vam. And the clearing or resonant sound for this chakra is ooh, as in cool, ooh. Hello and welcome to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland, and it is my mission to unite the healing arts and modern scientific understanding to bring you practices that will revolutionize your life. I bring you soulful meditations, love notes, visualizations, insights, interviews, and workshop recordings to uplift, inspire, and lead you through your own personal metamorphosis. Let's dive in. All right, let's dive right into it. So as we progress in our exploration up the energetic channel, we move from the Muladhara, that first chakra, our roots, into the Svadhisthana, our second chakra, which is our place of creativity and sweetness. We move from the stability that characterizes the earth element of the first chakra into the flow that characterizes the water, watery element of the second Uh, We're also evolving from a focus on the singular, on oneself, to a focus on connection and relationship with others. So while the first chakra is represented by a single point, an individual rooted in one particular spot, as we connect to the second chakra, we begin to bridge that singularity as we connect two points together. Thus, the Svadhisthana Chakra is characterized by polarity, two opposite points connected by a line. This line we draw between two points can either be seen as uniting two separate things or separating them, like drawing a line in the sand. As we progress up towards the crown, the energy will become more and more subtle. You'll hear me reminding you this a lot uh, through this journey up the chakras. So as the energy becomes more subtle, it's going to require more of our attention if we truly want to experience the energy of a particular chakra, especially the higher centers. So this work will draw us deeply into the richness of our own inner worlds. In a culture that prizes being busy and loud and active, this may be a challenge, but I assure you the rewards of going inward and tuning into the subtle realms are tremendous. 
When we begin to tune into the information and energy within our own beings, we will stop seeking so much guidance and gratification from the outer world. We start to become secure in our own being and in our connection to that which transcends the material world. It is a process, so be patient with it. We are literally rewiring our brains to begin to perceive information that we learned to ignore when we were kids because we were growing up in a culture that is really quite obsessed with the physical. So the subtle, the energetic, these things we were taught are not important and our brain literally learned to filter them out. Um, So the energy that we're tapping into is not new, but we have just attuned ourselves to actually perceive it in it in an experiential way. So the celestial body associated with this Svadhisthana chakra is the moon. The symbolism here points to darkness, mystery, the unknown, and the feminine. So much like the womb. Working into this chakra leads away from that place of stability that is characterized by the first chakra, and it demands that we learn to flow. This energy center teaches us to be resilient, adaptable, and flexible. As the moon exerts tremendous influence over the waters in the ocean, it also governs the waters in our body that are related to this energy center. When we tune in, we begin to feel the pull of life and trust the invisible energies to guide us forward. Now, the Svadhisthana Chakra is also considered to be the emotional center of our energetic body. So let's talk about emotions. So emotion comes from the Latin root emover, which means to move, to agitate, to stir up. So emotion is really a stirring up of an organism. So for humans, it is the stirring up within the human Now, our emotions do not just happen to us. We actively participate in creating emotion by what we pay attention to, how we perceive things, and the meaning that we assign to them. Where we habitually place our attention will determine our emotional state. So Tony Robbins says that emotions do not just happen to us. We choose our emotions and the emotions that we make habitual will determine the quality of our lives. So just listen to that again. The emotions you make habitual through the ways that you perceive the world and the stories you tell yourself about the world Uh, Those stories are going to give rise to emotion and the emotions that you make habitual. Those emotions will determine the quality of your life. So it does not matter externally how good your life is, how much money you make, how much love is in your life. All of these things, they don't matter if the habitual emotions of your life are frustration and anger. If your habitual emotions are frustration and anger, it doesn't matter how great your life looks on paper, your life is going to be frustrating and enraging. 
When we feel emotion, we are taking something that is unconscious, something that is not in our normal awareness, and we are bringing it up into conscious awareness. We may think that it's the environment or the circumstance that is causing emotion, but it's actually sparking remembrance of what's already there. So emotion is a stirring to life of the things that we have exiled into the darkest corners of our lives and tried to deny. What is most helpful when working with um, darker emotions is to actually feel and acknowledge these emotions regardless of, of how uncomfortable that is. And as we allow them to exist and we feel them, we can let them move through us and out of us. Now let's talk emotion and movement because the two are inextricably linked. One deeply affects the other. When we do not want to feel something, we repress it. We do so by constricting movement. We literally contract the flesh of our being to lock down these feelings. We move the feelings into the tissues and away from our conscious awareness. So instead of letting the emotions rise, we choose to hold onto it with the hope that it will never have to be felt, expressed, or revealed. So we tuck it away in the recesses of the subconscious so we don't consciously have to deal with it. But this is where the most damage occurs when our unconscious or subconscious programming does not align with our vision. So if we have a vision to have this expansive, beautiful life that you are grateful for, but subconsciously you are holding a lot of anger and resentment that you are denying, that you are exiling, that you are trying to repress, then these these emotions in the subconscious are actually going to be directing your life, directing your attention, directing your focus, directing your inner dialogue, and you will be at odds with reaching your vision because you have this internal programming that's leading you away from it. So repressing emotion, um, it really comes at a high price because it will cost us our dreams in the long run when our dreams and these repressed emotions misalign. One of the best ways to liberate ourselves of this holding and this old emotional baggage is to move our bodies and expand our breath. We need to open this contracted flesh and soften the physical armor that we have built up as protection. As we move, we start to release these repressed emotions from their hiding places and face what we've been running from. As we begin to feel and acknowledge what we have suppressed, we make space for it to move through and out of us. So this is where things like yoga and breath work and massage and healing touch can all have a powerful impact on our overall energetic and emotional state. And this is also why when you start to do some deep breathing, you will likely start to release grief that has been stored in the lower lobes of the lungs. 
as you breathe in an expansive way and you start to bring movement through the rib cage, you're going to release old resentment. You're again softening that armor of the heart um, so that love can flow in and out. But when we lock down to protect ourselves, we actually stop that flow of love from moving in and from moving out. We can't fully love or experience life when we are holding on to old emotion. So remember, that which we don't want to face, the feelings we repress, they become our subconscious programming. The pain you repress instead of express. So if you express your pain, if you express your emotion, whatever emotion it is, again, you're creating an avenue for that emotion to move through you and out of you. But the pain that you repress, that you hold on to, it will run your life. The guilt, the grief, the rage, the shame that you hide inside your being will hijack your thoughts, your words, your actions, and it will start to color your character. Likely, you will not even notice this as you made the choice, conscious or unconsciously, to move this emotion out of your consciousness when you suppressed it. You didn't want to face it. You didn't want to feel it. So you repressed it. Whatever we refuse to acknowledge or feel, whatever we repress and hold, it becomes our greatest hurdle to overcome in leading a fulfilling life. So the moon, the water, and the emotions associated with this chakra all point fiercely at our need to dive into the subconscious realms to ride the waves of life without attachment, to give in to the pleasure and mystery and wild divine femininity of our lives. This chakra work brings us home to the divine feminine energy, Shakti energy that is present in all beings. It is this energy that creates, that unites that bridges the movement of spirit between the heavens and the earth. This Shakti energy is what gives rise to manifest life. Now, one aspect of duality that we must consider when looking at the second chakra is pleasure and pain. Pleasure is a gift of the second chakra. Our mammalian brain interprets pleasure as safety. So in a state of pleasure, the nervous system responds in a way that encourages healing, bonding, digestion, and renewal. Humans have a propensity to reach for pleasure and recoil from pain, just like all organisms, really. In a state of pain, the brain is alerted that something is wrong and needs attention. However, under prolonged pain... The body needs to adapt and essentially numbs out the pain, blocking our perception of it. So instead of creating change to shift the pain, we actually just end up modifying our lives in order to just carry on living with it, but not feeling it. The problem is you cannot numb the pain and still experience pleasure. If you are numbing yourself to pain, You are numbing yourself to all experiences of your life. Our ability to feel is essential in our ability to understand and appropriately respond to our environment. 
As we numb out from pain, we numb out from our lives. Everything becomes more dull. And as we compromise our ability to feel, our awareness becomes dull. And we compromise our ability to choose how we want to live and respond to life. We relinquish sovereignty over our minds and our free will. As we hold on to the pain to avoid feeling it, we give ourselves over to unconscious programming that is geared at moving away from pain and constantly seeking pleasure. Anadea Judith says, pleasure, as befits the duality of the second chakra, is a double-edged sword. It's an easy chakra to get trapped in, yet the trap can result from avoiding pleasure as much as indulging in it. The balancing of any chakra requires opening to its particular energy without becoming excessively attached. As mentioned in this quote, we can equally become trapped in this pleasure-pain duality by refusing pleasure. Pleasure is like a healing balm for the nervous system. To deeply revel in pleasure floods your system with messages of safety and well-being. Some spiritual seekers push pleasure away because they fear it will distract them from their spiritual pursuits. But in doing so, the effort to escape and deny pleasure can become all-consuming and become a block in spiritual development. And in the case of extreme ascetics, it can cause great physical and mental harm to one's being. So Alan Watts even goes as far as to say, ascetic spirituality is a symptom of the very disease which it intends to cure. So anytime that there arises an obsession with seeking pleasure or denying pleasure, you can tell there's an imbalance in this sacral chakra. And no discussion of the second chakra and pleasure would be complete without looking at the topic of sexuality and tantra. So in the West, both sexual repression and sexual exploitation are normalized, but sacred sexuality is rarely talked about. Tantra has mistakenly been identified as merely a collection of sex positions, but this idea is sorely misleading. Tantric philosophy, which gave rise to the chakra system, teaches that the body is sacred and that senses can bring enlightenment, joy, and ecstasy. Sexuality is the embodiment of Shiva, the divine masculine, and Shakti, the divine feminine, coming together. Tantra is more than unifying the physical masculine and feminine aspects. It is a practice of transcending duality. So uniting matter and consciousness, self and other, light and dark. And this leads to supreme bliss and awakening. It is a fierce path of mindfulness and presence. So in an effort to really harmonize the second chakra, sacred sexual practices are are suggested. Um, Any sort of 
excessive sexuality, sexual exploitation, and also sexual repression are all indicators of an imbalance in this second chakra. All right, so let's um, circle all of this back. Um, We've explored some major themes of the Svadhisthana chakra, but let's look at how this chakra work is really applied. So reminder that uh, different chakras can be balanced or they can be imbalanced due to either excessive energy in that chakra or through a deficiency of energy in that chakra. So when the Svadhisthana chakra is in balance, one often experiences resiliency and the ability to adapt and flow with life's ever-changing circumstances. Uh, A person with a balanced second chakra has a steady stream of creativity. They're able to form healthy connection to other people. They have healthy sexual life with appropriate boundaries and precautions. And they are able to enjoy life's pleasures without excessive attachment to pleasure. They also have the ability to feel life's pain without significant aversion or repression. Now, when the Svadhisthana chakra is blocked in such a way that the energy is excessive, it often manifests as the following. So indulgent and excessive pleasure-seeking, being highly emotional and blinded by emotions. So this person is actually highly reactive and they may say that they're just led by emotion, but really if you can't hit pause on your emotional response and choose how to respond to a situation, um, the emotion can actually hijack your way of engaging in life. Um, so you become, you become unable to consciously respond. You're just knee-jerk reacting based on how you feel. Um, these people also would have an inability or a really big challenge in planning or creating something with structure. So there's a difficulty with containing their energy. They also may have a a really low tolerance for discomfort. Uh, And this can lead to seeking stimulants like drugs or even risky behaviors. Um, These people might be hypersexual, they might have sexual addiction, and or engage in dangerous sexual behaviors uh, with a a real lack of boundaries. Um, An excessive Svadhisthana chakra, you again may see issues in the uterus, bladder, uh, in the genitals, circulatory system, or kidney trouble. So if this is happening for you or a client, some suggested balancing practices here. Um, So challenge yourself daily to do something outside your comfort zone. Cultivate self-discipline. So develop clarity in what you want to create in life and then build structure to support that vision. 
What are the rhythms and rituals that you will engage in to move towards your vision and really cultivate discipline to follow uh, these steps towards your vision? Hold yourself accountable or find someone who will help you stay accountable. Uh, grounding practices are really good for someone who has excessive Svadhisthana chakra energy. Um, so recalling from the first chakra uh, podcast, anything grounding. So getting out into nature, working through the legs, cold water exposure, anything that really grounds your energy. And of course, seek professional counseling or medical treatment if your sexual behaviors or lack of boundaries are a concern. Now let's talk about when the Svadhisthana chakra is blocked in such a way that the energy is deficient. Uh, when this happens, it often manifests as the following. So this person might deny themselves of pleasure. They may even self-harm. Uh, they may have a lack of emotion or just really repressed emotions um, that they seem totally, totally fine. And then one tiny thing happens and they explode with emotion. Um, they may have an inability to connect with others. They may have a fear of or an aversion to intimacy. Uh, they may experience frigidity, impotence, a stiff low back. They may be numb to sensation and emotion. And they might be very controlling. So they have this inability to flow with life. They try to control everything. Um, again, you can see this stuff manifest through uterus, bladder, genitals, circulatory system, and kidneys. Uh, suggested balancing practices for deficient second chakra is to engage in mindfulness practices that bring you back into your body. So again, there's this tendency to dissociate from your body, to numb out, to stop feeling. Uh, we need to get you back in your body. Things like yoga asana, massage, and even guided meditation like a yoga nidra could be really helpful. You need to move your body in new ways to physically unlock the holding patterns. Um, so the ways that the body locks down around repressed emotions, we want to move your body in a way that actually opens the body and allows those emotions to resurface, to be felt and to be moved through you and out of you. Begin to seek out pleasure in every day. Practice relaxing and allowing yourself to feel pleasure. Now you'll want to find a safe place for that practice, a place where you will feel safe expressing whatever repressed emotions may surface as you start to move and breathe and focus your mind's mind in new ways. Um, so if you've got a safe place within your home, a safe yoga shala to go to, uh, even a safe place out in nature, these are all ideal. Um, another balancing practice would be to learn about the cycles of the moon. If you are female and are having moon cycles, start charting your rhythms. Start tuning into your rhythms, tuning into your body and your relationship with the moon. Immerse yourself in water. So bathing, swimming, even just being around natural bodies of water will all help. And again, seek professional counseling or medical treatment if your sexual behaviors reproductive and circulatory health or difficulty relating to others is of concern. Now let's have a 
a moment of reflective questions. So these are questions you can journal about just to give you um, some insight into the health of your second chakra. So first question, what are my thoughts around pleasure? Do I allow myself to feel pleasure? Do I pause to experience the joys in the present moment? Next question, am I able to hold a vision and create structure to move towards it? What gets in my way of acting on my goals? Am I resilient? Where have I demonstrated resilience in the past? Where am I struggling to flow with life currently? What am I addicted to? When do I turn towards, towards these substances, relationships, thoughts, or behaviors that I'm addicted to? What am I feeling or trying to avoid feeling when I feel called towards an addictive behavior? How do I relate to others? What are my thoughts, feelings, and experiences around intimacy? Are these thoughts and feelings serving me? And finally, what feelings do I turn away from? What do I think is too painful to allow in my consciousness? And how does this fear of pain interfere with my life? All right, sweet ones. So that is a lot of information to take in. I encourage you to do the reflective questions and to just sit with this information, allow it all to integrate Um, to really look at what you can do in your life to support this harmonizing of the second chakra. And as you harmonize the center, you step into alignment with your vision, you open to pleasure, you allow a full expression of your being, a full expression of the emotions that move through you, and you start to come to a place of really embodying unity. That is the goal, to transcend duality and to really enjoy the embodiment of unity, this transcending duality as a lived experience. Thank you so much for tuning in. Namaste, sweet ones.